Hello friends and welcome to a new episode of Healing Through Pain. I'm your host Steph and this is a show that dives into health and healing where we discuss how we can show up well for the opportunities and responsibilities that life sends our way. Today we're going to talk about the consequences of being the victim in your own life and how to grow in emotional maturity. Thanks so much for tuning in. I did give a little bit of a teaser on Monday's episode that this is probably not going to be much of a popular topic. And I know sometimes we say that to kind of entice people and and get them riled up or get them tuned in. But the reality is, anecdotally, this isn't a popular topic because it comes up time after time in the room when I'm working with clients. And for some clients, it's kind of the death blow to the therapeutic alliance when I talk with them and insist with them that they are going to have to write their own story accurately if they expect things to get a little better in their life. And that can be really complicated because I do sit with many people who have experienced really tough things and people who have been victimized. And even then we have to talk about what does it look like to wrap yourself around your own story and start to make choices where you're no longer living your life as the victim. You can still be a victim and you can still be on the receiving end of victimization, but to live your life as the victim does have some consequences and does have some choices. So I wanna start it out with just a little bit of understanding of what our brain does. Basically, what happens is we make a choice and then our brain starts to accrue information to support that choice. So for example, let's say I've really decided I want a a big white truck and this truck, I don't really have a preference for brand, so it could be a Chevy, it could be a Ford, and I'm weighing the pros and cons of Uh, which one would be better suited for me. Now, once I make a decision, let's say I've decided to go with the Chevy. I've decided that Chevy is king. For all you um, brand enthusiasts out there, I've I've probably ostracized half of you at this point, but so it goes. Um, I'm I'm team Dodge. No, I'm actually, I'm not affiliated with any team, frankly. Um, But I know know boys and trucks and, and there's a lot of reaction to certain branding. However, let's say I've decided to go with Chevy. And I've decided that this is going to be a big purchase. I'm going to spend tens of thousands of dollars and buy just the right truck. What our brain is going to do is give us calm reassurance that we've made the right choice. So every time I hear new data about a Chevy and about the pros of a Chevy and about, um, you know, what type of package this particular truck had and the perks of it and maybe um, well-known people who drive this similar type of truck, every time I hear that type of information, it's going to bolster my confidence and reaffirm that I made the right choice. And then when I hear cons about Fords, especially white Fords, especially white Ford trucks, every time I hear that type of information, it's going to bolster my confidence in the decision that I've made as well. But we don't start accruing that information and start kind of having a bias towards our own preferences until we've already made a choice. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, or if it's afternoon where you're at, or if it's evening, so be it. Um, I happen to be recording this in the morning here. And frankly, it's been quite a a hectic morning. On Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, I get up at uh, about five o'clock and I go do boxing and class starts at 530. And the teacher just wasn't there this morning. So at 530, you've rolled out of bed, you've driven to the place and the teacher's not there. And you get kind of this like, oh man, that's annoying. Um, Then after that, my workout partner actually canceled. Because she canceled, I was able to go donate plasma afterwards. And I have this really fantastic vein in my right arm. And if you donate plasma or you donate blood or you do anything with phlebotomy, you know that good veins are like like gold. And so I walk around very boldly with my right arm vein. And um, the gal this morning blew the vein, not 
not as dramatically as it sounds, but she punctured through it. And so blood started pooling up and I was, you know, pretty, I would say 15 shades of like annoyed at that point in time. And then right after plasma, I was supposed to get to supervision by 8 a.m. And so if I had in my brain decided like, oh, today is trash. Well, I have all of this data that's going to reinforce my understanding that today is trash. The teacher showed up late, my partner canceled, they messed up my vein, I was late to supervision, it's not even 8 a.m., I shouldn't have gotten out of bed today. It's really easy to let my brain justify a bad mood at that time. However, the other piece that I wanted to um, travel through is I also had conflicting information. While I was, um, the teacher eventually showed up and the last two uh, rounds that we did today was like all out impact. And he gave us a number goal of uh, 20,000 for our impact for the two rounds. And I think I ended up at like 23,000, which is the, the highest amount I've done in a single or in two, two consecutive rounds. So that was actually a pretty big win. Now on the way to supervision, I stopped at the gas station. Spoiler alert, that's probably why I was late, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, I stopped at the gas station and they actually had caffeine-free Diet Coke. And since about March, I've given up caffeine almost entirely. So the fact that they had a caffeine-free diet was very exciting for me. I know guys, it's the small perks and I, I understand how lame sauce it sounds, but it was such a win. Then I went to supervision. This happens to be my last supervision and it went um, spectacular. I um, you know, was there with a friend and we just, it was the three of us together. So it was friend and myself and the supervisor. And it was just a good time. So my brain has a choice to make, right? I, if I had decided today was a trash day, I have a ton of justification for it. If I decided that today had some stressful parts and the rest of the day can be redeemed and, and will be a-okay, well, my brain is going to accrue information that's going to better balance me and give me a better perspective. And the reason that matters is because we make choices at the micro level every day about how to navigate the day. Was this a good day? Was it a bad day? Was it pass and fail? But what can also happen is we can make decisions and choices at the macro level. And now we can start to write life narratives that may not actually be accurate because life is very nuanced. Life has a ton of different pieces to it. But when we start to make big, big declaratives, like I'm a victim, the universe has it out for me, only bad things happen to me, we are going to allow our brain to start accruing information that justifies that point of view, even though it's not accurate. And it's important that we understand that when we make a choice like that, there's going to be a pretty big cost for you. The reality is that people who, and I'm, I'm using air quotes here, people who play victim really have been people who more than likely have suffered something really difficult in life. Being a victim and playing the victim often go hand in hand. So we see this with people who have come from, you know, a trauma history, people from homes with addiction, people who are steeped in their own addictions. It doesn't mean that hard stuff hasn't happened because being a victim and deciding you're the victim, they often have some interplay. And so what happens is someone dons this particular life choice, um, and again, I'm going to use the word choice, even though for some that might feel a little bit affronting. People don this life choice as a coping skill or as a strategy to just try to navigate the world around them and make sense of it, but it's a faulty strategy. And often this is a posture where life happens to me, what I do or things done to me, they're not my fault. And there's, there's people who show up with a problem for every solution that's offered to them. So when I talk again about, quote, playing the victim, that's what I'm referencing. People who categorically default to a 
a negative understanding of the world around them, a negative understanding of their own agency, which we'll talk about in just a minute here, a negative understanding of their own responsibilities. And I see this with some clients, but I will be very candid. The clients who show up with this particular posture have quite a short trajectory in my practice because I just don't buy into the BS that they're selling themselves. When someone comes in and says, I'm a victim, there, there's no one around me that gets me, there's nothing I can do with my life, you know, that that's just not accurate. It doesn't play out that way. And so week after week, when I ask them to look at their story, when I ask them to look at their complicity in their own story, there's often some, some walls thrown up there about, oh, here's Steph, another person that un doesn't understand me. I got stuck with a bad therapist. I got stuck with someone who just doesn't get it. And and as, as much as I, I want to win them over with, you know, my charming personality and with my really cool strategies, if someone's committed to playing the victim, I just can't win them over and encourage them to do things differently. Now, I can share pieces of my own narrative. I can give them very clear understanding of what overcoming can look like and does look like. I can give them anecdote after anecdote of clients who try new strategies and persevere and decide they're no longer going to be the victim, but someone has to make the choice for themselves. And if they choose to not make that choice, unfortunately, there will be a cost. It costs you friends. There are going to be people who do not want to surround you and be by you because unfortunately, you win everything. When we have a, a match about whose life is worse, you're going to win because you're going to want to play that victim card as much as possible. It will cost you opportunities because you're actively going to limit your understanding of what you're capable of. So there will be an opportunity cost to that. It's going to cost you joy. If you're constantly braced for the next bad thing or you're constantly anticipating that that whatever is next is going to and pardon pardon the maybe the crassness here but you just expect to get screwed over going forward unfortunately you're going to seek out information that reinforces it and you're just going to not really bother not really try and sit passively in your own life unfortunately too the interplay between mental health struggle and physical wellness they go hand in hand so there are deficits to your actual physical health if you're choosing to have a victim mentality in your life it's going to cost you peace of mind there are so many pieces that will be impeded if we sit in the understanding that life happens to me, I there's nothing I can do about it. And unfortunately, you're selling yourself a faulty script if you buy into this mantra. So that is one of the pieces I, I want to kind of help you parcel through if it is in your own story that, you know, woe is me, nothing's ever going to get better, things are, are what they are, this all happens to me. You really have to stop believing that. I'm, I'm going to again say, you know, a little bit more forcefully, it's BS. And if you're buying into your own BS and you're allowing your brain to accrue information, there are going to be long-term costs, unfortunately. But the beautiful thing is if you've made the choice to be a victim, not to be victimized, there is a difference. If you've been victimized and your response to that is to be a perpetual victim, if that continues to be your choice, understand that it starts with a choice. And so if you want it to be different, that would start with a choice too. And if you've decided that you've outgrown this particular strategy, there are ways to tweak it, ways to change it, and ways to shift your awareness of the world around you. And guys, I've walked this path where I've had the the option to sit in victimhood. You know, I, I was sitting with a therapist about three months back at this point, and he started to whiteboard my life. And um, the, the amount of understanding I had about my own complex trauma history 
it was a little bit too much for me. And so I actually, I stood up and I moved across the room and I put my back to the whiteboard and I was like, no thanks, don't wanna see that. Because the reality is that tough stuff happens and it happens to all of us. It happens in different ways, it comes in different packages, we have different resources to deal with it. But if my brain wanted to accrue information that I've been screwed over, I've got access to that information all day, every day but I'm not going to sit in it and I'm not going to accept that life just happens to me. I'm going to create what's called agency. So I have an article here from good, I'm sorry, wellandgood.com and it's called Nine Steps for Raising Your Emotional Maturity Level and Taking Stress in Stride. And so emotional maturity and emotional intelligence, very much buzzwords right now. But one of the things that this particular author says, her name is Nicola Piera, she says that emotional maturity is it's the ability to process your own emotions and cope with life situations with agency, responsibility, and flexibility. The agency aspect of the definition is key. Emotional maturity is when you do not rely on others to fulfill your needs physically, emotionally, or spiritually. And I just think those are great ways to kind of cap up this particular conversation. If you are operating in a world where tough stuff has happened, you can have a strategy of playing victim or being the victim. Or you can live in a world where you have agency and you have the right to fight for healing, for health, for uh, restoration, for opportunities. And a lot of times that means surrounding yourself well. And I unapologetically share how many people I've brought into my life that have helped intervene on my specific trauma history. And I've done it by way of formal education. I've done it by way of, you know, going and seeking out counseling resources. So sitting with, at this point, I've had two separate therapists. I'm someone who wants to understand how to be healthy. So I hired a nutritionist for a while. Shout out to Coach Kelvin right there. Um, I also attend, you know, fitness classes. Um, specifically because it's a regimented schedule where I get to meet people who are health uh, health oriented and, and wellness minded. Um, I, I go to women's groups. I go to church groups. I'm, I'm locked in and connected because that, at least in my world, is what agency looks like. It looks like taking opportunities by the horns, take, taking the bull by the horns, whatever it is, um, and understanding that wildest bad things have happened, I refuse to sit in the victimhood of my own life. And I've, I had a teacher friend say to me a couple months ago, um, she recommended um, a family member to come see me. And she said, Steph, when I explained her, uh, when I explained you to her, I just mentioned that you, you're probably the person I know most that has just not tolerated what life has sent her way. And I, I don't say that in any sort of braggadocious way. I say that with the reality of tough stuff has happened and I can sit in it all day, every day, and I can justify a passive lifestyle. But I also sit very soundly in the understanding of Luke 12, 48, where it says to whom much is given much is required. And so as much as I might want to, you know, have bad days and, and be passive, I've also been profoundly blessed. And that's the choice I make. I reflect on that. I accrue information about that. And I live a life that reflects that I understand the blessings I've been given. And so when, I, when I'm this unapologetic cheerleader for other people in my life, it's because I know what that choice does. If you choose the victimhood, it's a very particular path to walk down. If you choose agency and if you choose to overcome, those are choices too. As always, if you don't know where to get started, reach out to a therapist. There are many of us who are willing to walk with you. Like I said, I, I wonder 
for some people, if this is just maybe a little bit of an uncomfortable message, if it's uncomfortable, not only is that okay, I think self-awareness and, and kind of self-reflection is one of the launching points for change. So if it's uncomfortable, reflect. What might that mean? Might you be passive in your own life? Might you need to recruit others to come alongside of you? As always, I appreciate any time you've been willing to sit with me and to tune in. If you're ever able to share content, it's always appreciated. I can reach a much broader audience when that happens. Also, if you're willing to like or follow or uh, send emails, whatever it looks like, feel free to communicate. Feel free to pass this along. And thanks so much. We'll connect again soon.